Well, hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, part of the Informed Traveler radio show, which is heard each week on Chorus Radio. It's a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. Now, with all the recent travel advisories and confusing travel regulations happening, going for a winter hike to get some fresh air and maybe think about a future vacation might be an idea. So in a few moments, we'll get some winter hiking tips from adventure travel writer Lee McAdam. And then if you want to dream about a future vacation getaway, how about staying at the super luxurious Raiwasa Private Resort in Fiji? We'll find out what it's like in our hotel spotlight in about 10 minutes. And if you're a movie buff, the next time you're in New York or Boston, you might want to take a tour with on-location tours to see where some of your favorite shows and movies were filmed. We'll speak with the owner of on-location tours later in the podcast. But to start things out, let's get some winter hiking tips, shall we? Just because it's cold outside and the ground is covered in snow doesn't mean you can't go hiking. That's a direct quote from adventure travel blogger Lee McAdams' website, hikebiketravel.com. So joining us now to offer up some winter hiking tips is Lee McAdam. Again, her website, hikebiketravel.com. Hi, Lee. Hello there. Um, I was reading a quote from your website, um, hikebiketravel.com, basically saying, uh, you know, just because it's cold outside and there's snow on the ground doesn't mean you can't go hiking. Well, Well, it's true, isn't it? It's completely true. And I think it's just getting your head around the fact that it's going to be a little bit chillier, but you can still have a really good time and actually come off of a winter hike with a real high that you've been outside and done something and you, you've got those rosy red cheeks and you feel like a million bucks. You conquered nature, in other words, right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> so obviously when it comes to winter hiking, weather is the big concern. Do you have sort of like an ideal temperature though that's just right? It's kind of like, you know, Goldilocks, you know, you don't want it too warm. You don't want it obviously too cold. So where for you personally is like what you look for in a temperature and wind chill and all those conditions? Uh, I would say minus 5 to minus 15 is my happy point um, because, you know, once you get going, you you warm up in a hurry. Mm. I have hiked, you know, I I will go as low as minus 25 if there is no wind and that's pushing it. That's, you know, if I look at a Christmas forecast and the week is minus 25, it's like I can't stay in the the house for a week. So I will will do it under those circumstances, Mm. but I would otherwise choose not to. And I, and I guess it depends on how long the hike is, too. If you're only going out for maybe 30 minutes or an hour or so, oh, it's not so bad, right? Totally. But if you're actually heading to the mountains to do something a bit more serious, I do think you absolutely have to take the weather into account and the trail conditions and, you know, just be smart is really what you have to do. Mm-hmm. So if you're not experienced like me into uh, winter hiking, what are other than the weather? And, and, and I think you're going to say dress in, dress in layers because even if you're not going for a hike, being out in the cold, that's kind of what you do. You get kind of used to that, right? You always do. And, you know, and it, and it seems so self-evident to someone like myself who's been doing it for a long time. But it isn't. And, you know, I still, at the beginning of the season, I always make mistakes. And that's why I I like the shorter hikes at the beginning. But, you know, bringing those extra pair of socks in case you ever go through a stream and you get frozen feet and Mm -hmm. you want to be able to put those on. Throwing that down jacket in that you may not need for most of the hike, but at lunchtime you want to throw it on and just be warm. Everyone just needs to be super aware of, you know, are they are they people that sweat a lot? If you do, you know, you don't want to overdress at the beginning and be sweating and then be freezing an hour later when you stop. So it's, you know, don't wear cotton, take lots of layers, 
take a full knapsack. Like this is what, you know, you, I see a lot of people out there on the trail that really aren't caring very much. That's great if you never have an emergency. But if you have an emergency, you're going to be so thankful you have all those things. Mm-hmm. And so just be smart. Mm-hmm. And I guess things like snacks and water, it still applies, right? Because you, you do get dehydrated even though you may not think so. Well, and I think people stop drinking water if they've just poured it into a water bottle. So I have a couple of of pointers there. So if you're going to take water, take it in a wide mouth water bottle and keep it in your pack, you know, wrapped up in your down coat so that it doesn't freeze. Mm -hmm. But I would really suggest taking something hot to drink because that way you will stop at lunchtime. You will warm up just by doing that. And there's something that's just, it feels so good to have something hot going down. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I can't tell you how many times I've used small water bottles and then they, you know, you just don't get anything out of them. <laughs> just become blocks of ice. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> and you do have to, I mean, this is your excuse. You can eat a lot when you're hiking in the winter. You're burning off a lot of calories and mm-hmm. you need high calorie food. But if you're just working on bars, throw them in your pocket so you don't crack your tooth on them. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Yes, exactly. Right? That happens. That can happen. (laughs) What about the trails themselves? I mean, obviously, it's the same. There's different um, levels for different types of hikers. Is there any kind of apps? I mean, your website is great, hikebiketravel.com, giving you all kinds of advice. Um, I mean, I feel feel like I'm an old school person that I don't personally use apps, but what I so I have a cheat a way of cheating, and I go to alltrails.com, and I check out a trail I might be interested in because people write about their most recent experiences mm. there, and so I can kind of check trail conditions and not always real time, but pretty close to real time trail conditions by doing that. And then I go and I might check another site. But I would also, if I was going to say Banff National Park, I would check trail conditions before I left home just to make sure that everything was open. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and footwear is obviously very important. Though. What about the uh, the ice cleats? Oh, my gosh. You know, I'm really pleased that I'm seeing more and more people with them. But I would say to every single listener out there, invest in a pair of ice cleats. They're going to last you for years and years and years if you get a good pair. You don't know what the conditions on the trail are going to be like on the whole length of the trail. So 100% you need them. And to that point, I have a friend whose mom just came from England and found the only ice that there is to have to be found in Penticton last week, fell, broke her wrist, and it was in surgery yesterday. So, you know, it's just in the blink of an eye, you fall, you trip, you've got an issue. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly, and it's even compounded more uh, when you're out in the, in the woods and someone has to come and get you if you can't uh, move or anything like that. So anything I missed that it, you might want to add? The only thing I would really say is if, you're, if you know where you're going, let somebody know ahead of time and when you're expected back. I mean, that's just, um, mm-hmm. you, know, you don't need any issues if you get lost. Uh, that would be a big one, and... Um, yeah, just go and have fun. Uh, lots of great advice. I'm looking forward to a winter hike. I'm going to do it this year. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, there's so many amazing ones around here. So you know, if you ever need advice, you know who to come to. <laughs> I know exactly where to come to and whose website is Lee McAdam, adventure travel writer and blogger, hikebiketravel.com. It's one of the best uh, advice websites out there. So thanks, Lee. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on the trail, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
Well, just because there's new travel advisories and confusing travel restrictions doesn't mean we can't dream about our next vacation. And if you're going to dream, why not dream big and stay at a private resort in Fiji? And if you can dream it, as they say, the folks at Raiwasa Resort in Fiji can make it happen. So joining us now to tell us more about the Raiwasa Resort is Patrick Jannon. He's the owner and culture whisperer at the Raiwasa Resort. The website is raiwasa.com. Hi, Patrick. Hey, how are you, Randy? I'm uh, I'm well, thank you. I'm wishing I was in Fiji, actually, but uh, <laughs> staying at your resort. Give me some uh, background on the Raiwasa Resort for us. Absolutely. Well, yeah, we're all wishing we're in Fiji at this time of the year. Well, Raiwasa is a very unique experiential travel experience. It's a, it's a private buyout, which means that the resort is all yours. It's a dedicated three-acre retreat um, just for you and whoever you deem um, uh, good enough to come and spend some time with you. have a dedicated staff of 12 employees. All the meals and non-alcoholic beverages are included. We have eight different dining locations throughout the property that you can uh, eat with your family, private chefs uh, that cater to your culinary needs and any allergies you might have. So when people ask me about it, I kind of tell them it's a little bit like a private yacht experience, but on land. Um, It's very high touch, but it's not really white glove and uh, uncomfortable for the staff. It's Mm -hmm. extremely private. You rarely see any of the staff. And so um, that, that's kind of, you know, we're twice winner of the World Boutique Hotel Awards, which are kind of the Oscars for Boutique Hotel Awards. And um, we're located on Tavuni Island. It's the third largest island in Fiji out of 333 islands. It's about an hour and a half away, uh, about an hour, sorry, on um, a domestic flight in. And the beauty of Fiji is that it's been voted as one of the safest places to travel. We have no venomous spiders, no venomous snakes, no venomous mosquitoes, extremely low COVID-19 issues uh, uh, in in Fiji. Uh, So it's voted one of the safest places to visit on Earth with some of the friendliest and happiest people uh, on Earth as well. Uh, Tavuni is uh, the island is only 5% of the people who travel to Fiji make their way to the north where, where Raiwasa is located. Mm-hmm. And so that makes for an amazing, uncrowded experience with amazing waterfalls. A third of the island is a heritage park. And we are about 20 minutes away from the soft coal capital of the world called the Rainbow Reef, which has some of the most amazing diving experiences. So to get to it, uh, you need to get your, make your way basically to LAX. And from LAX, you take a night flight, about 10 hours, and you land in the capital, in the international airport of Nandi. And so it's, it's really exclusive, private, secure, all yours. And uh, we accept all ages, which is pretty rare sometimes for a, a six-star luxury experience. Mm-hmm. Well, like uh, I think you just basically described paradise. Do you ever have uh, <laughs> trouble getting the people to go home? <laughs> we actually, we actually are really a family. I call myself a culture whisperer because we've built a very unique culture, which actually is self. Uh, you know, it, it lives by itself. The culture now that I've created with an amazing all Fijian team down there. So you're going to be experiencing. Uh, really, the true Fijian culture in a in a non materialistic corporatized kind of experience. A lot of times, when you're traveling, um, you know, in, in five star, six star luxury experiences, things are very um, you know corporate and not you know like not not as nice as they would be if you're really experiencing it. So people typically 
always ask me to answer your question, can we take the staff home? Can we, <laughs> can we stay here forever? And yes, they, they end up loving the experience. Oh, I could only imagine. So uh, how big is the property? How many people can you accommodate, in other words? So the property, as I said, is really a private. So it's, mm. it's all yours. We can only take one family at one time. The, the Grand Villa has two master suites, both with king-size beds. One has a beautiful ocean view. One has a beautiful garden view. Um, we do have a mezzanine upstairs. We can accommodate some young adults recommended between 13 and, and 25. Uh, it is less private than the other suites uh, downstairs, uh, which both of them have beautiful outdoor uh, sh- double showers and beautiful bathtubs. So it's a really amazing experience of living indoors, outdoors. Two sides of the house open up to the Somo Somo Strait with a 180-degree view over the ocean. I think your listeners will, will be able to see some of these pictures if they go to the website. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's unique. And again, that website is Raiwasa. It's R-A-I-W-A-S-A dot com. Yeah, the photos are, are unbelievable. Um, describe the area, some of the activities. You talked about uh, scuba diving, probably snorkeling, I would think, too. Absolutely, yeah. So the... Uh, The beauty of uh, Raiwasa and one of the reasons that I fell in love with the island and the people is because there's so many things to do. It's a beautiful island. It's not, it's the third largest, but it's not big enough that you would take hours to get to different events. From Raiwasa, you can take a 30-minute car ride and be at the Buma Natural Heritage Park where you'll walk through some amazing waterfalls, a lot of great hiking, a lot of uh, great activities um, on, on the island, such as uh, scuba diving, snorkeling, deep sea fishing, spear fishing, uh, kite surfing, you know, um, anything with the water is, is there, but also a lot of great cultural experiences. Mm-hmm. We, de- we do something called Go Fijian for a day, which is basically a lovo, which is uh, underground a typical Fijian cooking ceremony, followed by a meke, which is a, which is a dance, a typical dance, and the uh, honorable kava drinking ceremony, which is done by uh, still in the, in the local villages of being able to drink kava uh, as a welcoming experience for the guests that are coming into the village. So that's a great one day. And then we, the, the funny thing that you'll enjoy this here, Randy, is that we are one of the only spots in the world where the international dateline can cross over the <laughs> island. So, one of our experiences is to actually go to the dateline and people take pictures between yesterday and today, <laughs> pulling each other, pulling each other from one side of the day to to another. So it's fun. A lot of things to do. You can literally travel back or forward into time. <laughs> Correct. Correct. And people do it all the time with pictures. I understand too that uh, one of the services you have a, a chauffeur, private car. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything is is completely private. So the uh, the you know all of our outings are controlled by us. We have um, uh, a private chauffeur, air conditioning car, and tour guides that take you around everywhere. You don't really need to worry about uh, you know anything when you're there. We have a few different packages. When you come, you'll be in the gold package, the platinum package, which includes unlimited alcohol, um, unlimited outings, a one-hour massage per day, per person, and free nanny service if you have kids, and, and free laundry service is a very uh, relatively inexpensive upgrade per night and gives you an amazing experience. And then the next one up is black, and that's like if you own the resort. It's everything included, including deep-sea fishing and scuba diving as much as you want and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So who is your typical uh, guest? Is it couples? Is it families? Is it uh, like uh, who, who do you normally accommodate? 
Yeah, well, we do it everything. We have a lot of elopement weddings. We have uh, honeymoons, anniversaries. We do. We, we specialize in renewal of vows. We have families that come. Um, uh, you know, basically, we're limited to you know four adults sleeping on the property plus you know two mm-hmm. two or three children upstairs. So we cater to really everybody: honeymooners, you know, elopement weddings. We do a lot of elopement weddings because people want to get away without their families and just get married. It's a great place to do it. Families are fantastic because the kids just have the most amazing experiences. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the parents actually ask us to turn off the internet, which we do, and say, oh, listen, there's no internet on the island. So they end up having to playing with the parents, and they love that. <laughs> I guess so. Anything that I have missed, Patrick, you want to add? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if your listeners are wanting to come and travel down to Iwasa Private Resort, um, please reach out uh, to us at patrick at com. That's P-A-T-R-I-C-K at rywasa.com and mention the uh, referral code referral code hot ice and with that we're going to provide you with uh, a lot of goodies the fijian grand welcome and uh some champagne when you're upon arrival and a uh, post-flight recovery massage so with that please do mention it and you'll get some extra goodies hot ice that's the code word right yep hot ice Sounds absolutely, unbelievably fantastic. Raiwasa Resort in Fiji. It's a private resort. You can check out the website, Raiwasa. That's R-A-I-Wasa.com. And Patrick Jannon is the owner and cultural whisperer of the Raiwasa Resort. Uh, it was a pleasure chatting with you, Patrick. Thank you. Thank you so much, Randy. Well, the next time you're in New York or Boston, you might want to take some time to tour the locations where your favorite movies or TV shows were filmed and learn some inside stories about them and the cities themselves. One such company does just that, called On Location Tours. So joining me now is the owner and president of On Location Tours, Georgette Blau. The website is onlocationtours.com. Hi, Georgette. Hi, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Tell me a little bit about On Location Tours and how it began. Yes, thank you. Well, we're actually, uh, this is our 22nd year in business, and On Location Tours is the largest TV and movie tour company in the world from the numbers we've looked into. Um, And we operate in New York and Boston. We do a Boston TV and movie tour, a bus tour. Uh, We also have the Boston Movie Mile, which is a walking tour. And in New York, we have uh, several tours, including a Marvelous Mrs. Maisel tour, the Sex and City Hotspots tour, uh, we have the Sopranos sites tour um, and one of our signature tours, the NYC TV and movie tour, which includes locations from all over uh, New York. Um, and one last one that's my one of my favorite is the superhero tour of New York. <laughs> Are you a big movie fan? You know, I have to say that I'm actually more of a classic TV fan. Uh Uh, But when I started the company, I really had to catch up on a lot more of the movie side. And my mother kept saying to me, she's she's going, you're watching so much TV and movies all of a sudden. You're (laughs) sitting at home. I'm like, I'm working. (laughs) Well, it's pretty impressive if you're the largest uh, tour company that does this and you're in New York and Boston alone. Like, that's pretty impressive. 
Oh, thank you so much. Yes, and we're, we are at the point of looking at other cities now, which is kind of fun. So tell me what a typical tour entails. And what, I'm just going to pick a couple uh, for examples here. But overall, what does a typical tour entail? Um, most of our tours are bus tours. And you actually hop off a bus um, four to five times on a tour and get to walk around in that neighborhood a little bit and see the, the sites uh, that were depicted in the, those particular TV shows or movies. Uh, we do have a Central Park movie tour and, like I mentioned, the Boston Movie Mile that are walking tours. But the as far as the bus tours, you're actually on uh, with a local actor. Some of them have even been in these shows and movies. And they're really telling you all the interesting facts about the locations, the insider information on those shows or movies, um, and just, you know, Really, they're very, very engaging. Mm-hmm. And, uh, help you take photos and um, all sorts of things. Well, that's cool. I was going to ask how uh, how much information you or how much you learn about the movies or shows themselves uh, on that location. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you really you're not only learning about the location and the behind the scenes production and filming information, but also about the neighborhood. For example, um, on on location tour, Sex in the City tour, you have uh, the meat packing district, which used to have over 400 meat, uh, I guess it's called slaughter- slaughterhouses, that sort of thing. Um, and now that there's something like eight are remaining. And meanwhile, the neighborhood, which had such an effect on the sex in the city, has become a very chic, high-end, very expensive neighborhood. <laughs> so you're learning a lot about that and really going off the beaten path and seeing all these interesting places. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, uh, there's dozens, I'd say, venture to say hundreds, maybe thousands of movies and TV shows where New York and Boston, too, was used as a backdrop. What are some of the more popular ones? Oh, my gosh. And you're, you're completely right. Um, New York is the most filmed look, uh, city in the world. And we think that Central Park is actually the most filmed location uh, in the world. And uh, I would say the more iconic ones um, this time of year, we actually have a Holiday Lights and Movie Sites tour and Home Alone 2. <laughs> Home Alone 2, that's a big one. Um, Ghostbusters, huge. Ghostbusters is really huge. Um, we go to the firehouse. Uh, that was uh, used in the movie, so that's fun. Um, the Friends apartment building, other Friends locations we passed, those are also uh, really asked about a lot, and those are fun. Um, but I would say those are the few movies that a lot of people ask about, but there are literally hundreds. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. insane. Even hundreds of iconic movies. Well, movies. And there's movies that I wouldn't even think of or TV shows, and then you go, oh, yeah, there's that one. There's Oh, yeah, there's that. I mean, do you get people that, that say that, oh, yeah, I forgot about yeah. that? <laughs> Oh, absolutely. And it's funny. Um, a lot of people actually go on our Boston tours and say, well, you know, I don't I don't know much. It was filmed in Boston. And all of a sudden, you know, we're going on the tour and they're um, going, oh, yeah, 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 I remember that. <laughs> you know, the Departed, the town, uh, and tons of others. Well, it must be so much fun, like, because how big of a group do you usually have? And you're probably all pretty soon you're friends with everybody because you're all talking about the, the similar types of movies and, and scenes or or maybe uh, maybe you didn't see one, and so someone else is telling you about it, and, and you're making lots of yeah. friends, it would seem. Oh, it's amazing. It's almost become a meetup because, you know, it, you have a busload of fans, really, which is interesting. We've had people meet um, on the tours and get married. It's, it's so funny. <laughs> We've had that. We've had, um, you know, people just become lifelong friends. It's great because they're sharing this. Uh, you know, love that particular show or movie or, uh, you know, just being a movie buff. 
in general. Mm. So, it's, yeah, it's really fun. Well, let's just use this. Uh, I'm going to just pick one. Classic movie tour. Um, just tell me a bit about that one in, in specifics. Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, our classic movie tour covers anywhere from one of my favorite movies, The Apartment, to uh, King Kong, Breakfast at Tiffany's. And it's such a romantic view of New York. Um, it's really, really a beautiful thing. And um, the tour guides sometimes sing the song from On the Town, um, <laughs> on the tour, you know, because they're talking literally about going all over, all over the town. Um, and it's, it's fun. It hits a lot of the Upper West Side neighborhood that's really beautiful, um, partially residential, and um, stops at uh, Zabar's. Um, they also stop at the really, really beautiful bench area on the river from um, the Woody Allen movie. Now, I'm Woody Allen, Diane Keaton. I am having a complete blank right now. <laughs> Manhattan? Is it Manhattan you're talking about? Yeah. Yes, yes. I'm only getting this from your website. It's not that I know. (laughs) (laughs) Because your website does explain the tours on here. I guess that's the other part of it. Uh, Even if you're not a movie buff or a TV show buff, you do get a good tour of uh, New York, don't you? Or Boston. Yes, yes, yes. And we we are, again, really, we really go off the beaten path. So we start in locations that are easy for everyone to find. Where there are locations from those particular shows or movies. But then we go all um, really off the beaten path into areas like Tribeca, um, the Meatpacking District, um, the West Village. And it's areas where people may explore on their own, but it's it's kind of unlikely, even if they're more of a local. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how big is a typical tour? How long does it last? And how does it work oh, as far yeah. as booking and, and you know, meeting people? You get picked up somewhere, you meet somewhere. How does that work? Yes, yes. All very easy to find, uh, centrally located um, to usually mid- the Midtown area. Um, I, the tours pre-pandemic were, were about, uh, oh my gosh, we have about 50 people on every bus. Um, now, uh, because the tourist numbers are lower, mm-hmm. um, we are you know sometimes doing tours in vans. We're at, um, I would say, more like the 22-person mark on a lot of tours. Mm-hmm. Um but it's kind of nice. It gives it more of an intimate feel, which is nice. And people book uh, usually via our website, which is on locationtours.com. And uh, usually a few days before we see a lot of bookings. Um, it's Sometimes people book the day of, and sometimes we'll get a booking a year in advance. But generally, it's a few days before. Mm-hmm. And so what's included? Uh, so it's actually uh, the, if it's a bus tour, the bus, the guide, if it's walking, um, just the guide. Um, we, I forgot to mention, we do have on our Maisel tour, we generally run it in a classic uh, 1950s car. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of fun. Um, in fact, some of our other tours are also offered privately, which is kind of nice. So it's a little bit more expensive, but you get that private guide experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, it's a bus, the guide. Um, some of the tours include something like uh, on Sex and City, you get a, um, a cupcake from the bakeries <laughs> in the show. So, And and according to your website here, it's, which is, by the way, on locationtours.com, usually they're about two and a half, two, three hours on uh, the average tour. Am I correct? Uh, yes, they're usually a little bit longer. I would say um, our shortest tour is two and a half hours, and our longest tour, the Sopranos tour, is four hours. 
So like three to three and a half hours is more. Well, it sounds like such a fun way to tour New York and Boston and uh, get some insight on your favorite movie or TV show. It's onlocationtours.com and Georgette Blau is the owner and president of On Location Tours. It was fun chatting, Georgette. Thank you. We look forward to having you on a tour. Let me know when you're in town. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. Remember, this is the podcast version of the Informed Traveler radio show, which is heard each week on Chorus Radio. You can find more information on the show at our website, theinformedtraveler.org. So thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, let us know, leave a review, tell a friend, or you can drop me a line. My email is randy at theinformedtraveler.org. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler or follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.org.